Hello and welcome to 361 Degrees Podcast Season 3, Episode 10. My name is Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ray Blanford from the All About Sites. I'm Ewan McLeod from Mobile Industry Review. Hello gentlemen, how are you? I'm alright, but I tell you what, I'm missing the birds. I, I know, um, Ray Blanford is with us this week, in person, in, in front of us, physically present. Where are the birds? Well, I'm terribly sorry, but I can only deliver birds when I'm sitting in the countryside. And while I don't really notice them tweeting in the background, it seems that we've got some fans in our audience. So I do apologise for the absence of the chorus. I, I have to say, I, I do enjoy talking to Rafe because during the periods of silence when we're sort of waiting to uh, waiting to start recording, mm-hmm. yeah, tweet, 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 mm-hmm. all the way through. So, gentlemen, uh, it's the last in the series, so it kind of seemed appropriate that we got together. We're having a, a celebratory bottle of pop and some and some sweeties in front of us on the table. Oh, wait, no, we're not, I don't, all I see is salad. That's right. We're having some celebratory salad and some diet cokes. That's right. Uh, just to sort of mark the end of the series, it's been. Um, it's been fun, hasn't it? It doesn't feel like ten episodes have gone past. What are we? This is this series three. This is series three. That's, End of series three. And would you believe it is almost fifty hours of audio we've recorded? That's that's you. That's us three sitting in a room talking continuously for almost two whole days without sleeping or popping out to the loo. No, I'd like to try that. I think probably you are in a minority there. <laughs> I think it would be even more coherent than usual by the end of that forty-eight hour period. Exactly. So. Um, so, uh, what we need to talk about before the end of the series is we're just going to revisit that you and you were at um, Qualcomm's Uplink event a week That's or right. so ago. Yep. And we, we mentioned it, but we didn't get to talk about all the things that came out of it. So yes. just before the end of this season, we wanted to talk about something that's really happening kind of just now. And I don't think it's a thing that's being commented on enough. So just explain to me, what was it you saw at Uplink? And more importantly, why why are we talking about it now? Well, so Uplink is Qualcomm's big big annual event it's a uh they bill it as where mobile meets up or no sorry let me get it right where mobile links up right up link you know they did there oh, yeah it's very an smart. army of marketing people that's right that. now, yeah. it grew out of their brew developer conference um which is uh, obviously no more in fact i didn't see much mention at all Brew's dead, effectively. I, I think Brew is. I mean, there's still lots of Brew devices out there, but yeah, we're not really so looking j- at that. So, just if you, if you don't if you don't live in the dark ages, remind people what Brew is. Brew was a very popular um, mobile operating system a long time ago, and I mean, Rafe, you must have covered a, a few Brew devices. In this, in yeah, I, I looked a little bit at Brew, but it was basically Qualcomm's equivalent to Java. I would right, say, right? Um, it was a, a runtime platform more than an operating system, but it was kind of the early days of when apps were being thought about on mobile phones and it was something new and was it all ran in a sandbox so it was quite limited what it could do there was talk of it becoming kind of an operating system a full platform Mm. that never really bore fruit and it's kind of uh, died away Uh, you're right it's still important it it served them well as well right? it it served them well and I think it meant they were associated with something more than just silicon so it was important in that sense but it never really beat off the advance of Java itself that became the industry standard right Whereas Qualcomm Brew was only really standard in a couple of markets, one of which was the US. Okay, so so history history lever, history yeah. lesson over. Uh, it was it was a thing that happened a long time ago. But why? Um, I, I don't. Just, well, thank you, not, Ben. Let's, let's not just respecting your, your view. I just I think we've only got half an hour, and you know, there are forty minutes. If you've got any context. complaints, just let Ben know. Yes, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure we, <laughs> where are those birds? Deadly. Right now, when we talk, so what happened? Yeah. So to bring that uh, forward, so Qualcomm um, were big in mobile phones in this context, the context of Brew and their operating systems, and of course, they've been doing chips for a long time um, to, to deliver mobile experiences. They have played a blinder, right? So they they got involved very heavily on with Android, 
And and now with with Google announcing what almost a million phones, Android phones, being activated every day, the vast majority, not all of them, but the vast majority, feature Qualcomm chips, and in particular Snapdragon. Um, the Snapdra- Snapdragon is a type of Qualcomm chip. It's the type of it's their 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 processor chip set. I think we're right in saying it's not just the chip, but the whole you know. We should probably describe it as a, a system on the chip, and that's yeah, the sorry, idea that's right. that you have a CPU plus associated silicon yeah. and that can include radio stuff it can include a graphics go processor additional signal processor so all the bits that would traditionally sit on a motherboard in a pc and make your mobile phone work now with qualcomm's uplink the reason i like it is because they they are effectively um third parties as in they're making the chips their interest is ideally you buy qualcomm chips but everybody else that comes along, um, they're not aligned to a particular hardware vendor. So I like that as a great way to take a reading of the industry for all these guys in Android and, of course, RIM and um, uh, the Windows Phone uh, and, to some extent, Apple. I mean, they do quite a bit with Apple. So it was, it's a great opportunity to sit and find out what's going on. Uh, one of the big focuses this year was, of course, Snapdragon, and we're beginning to hear more and more about it. And it looks like Qualcomm is about to begin a publicity campaign or some serious marketing for Snapdragon. And this is what we were going to talk about, wasn't it? Because mm. I've, I've seen, t- I mean, I suppose in the tech press mostly, but I've seen tons and tons of Snapdragon advertising recently. And I really couldn't work out for the life of me why, um, why, was, why were Qualcomm advertising to consumers? Because in my book, how, however awesome it might be, surely you know, I would pick a Samsung uh, Android phone or I'd yes. pick an HTC Android phone or, or you know, I, I might go and buy a sort of a, a cheap sort of a cheaper Chinese, you know, like a Huawei or a ZTE mm-hmm. sort of device. But why, why do I care about, you know, what's inside? Well, my, my view is that this, what they're doing is bullet point marketing in that, um, so they're, they're talking about Snapdragon, Snapdragon, yeah, you should have bought a snag, Snapdragon, that's their, 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 their marketing slogan from that Are you, you going to I mean, perform the song? No, actually, I was, I, I was about to I was about to break into song. I've decided to save our audience from right. that particular. Her- her- but that. but yeah. they've certainly asked for it and then say oh, no. Worth right? Uh, okay, so so many double entendres. I don't have time for that. <laughs> but but the thing is, they're making they're making music videos. They're doing loads of sort of mainstream advertising. They're mm. not. This isn't advertising to people who are looking for chipsets to put into phones. They're advertising to consumers, aren't they? Yeah, so when you're in the Vodafone store, the AT&T store, and it says that these two phones, and you're thinking, all right, how do you evaluate the difference between them when the specs are more or less the same? Well, this one says it's got a 22-megapixel camera. This one's also got a 22-megapixel And then you go, oh, what else? Oh, this one's got a Snapdragon. And that, I think, is the, the, the Qualcomm strategy there in that they're just helping sell more of their chips to their... and So their customer is not you and I, it's Samsung or... Huawei or whoever, so I think it's just I think it's a smart strategy, especially when you've got other players in the marketplace circling. So here we come to the question of the day. Then, basically, do we care? Does the market care about what's inside the phone? Is this you know a smart move, or actually, is this just vanity advertising from them? I think well, there's a degree of that, especially when you're just trying to reach the average consumer who's walking into a mobile phone shop and doesn't really know anything beyond that one looks nice. I. I did think I should have bought or brought a Snapdragon with me because I, I went to the show with a BlackBerry and two iPhones. But you're very easily led, isn't he, Rafe? Yes, I think that that's fair to say. Well, but I think that's what all advertising about, you know, it's easily well, led. Well, and let, let's, let's not forget there's plenty of these kind of brands on the bullet points already. Now, let's think of something like Gorilla Glass on screens. Yeah. And I know people who will not buy a smartphone unless it's got a Gorilla Glass screen because they 
and perceive that as an important factor. Um, you know, the obvious comparison is Intel Inside, and maybe we should talk about the orange Intel Inside chipset. I don't think Qualcomm are at that point, but it's not difficult to see it becoming almost a, a quality brand. And it's as you said, it's the reassurance. Someone work, walks into a shop and goes, ah, if I buy that Snapdragon device, I know I'm getting a certain level of quality or yeah. a certain assurance. Uh, if you actually look at the technical detail, you know, ST Ericsson, Texas Instruments, uh, you know, Tegra, whoever we're talking about in terms of chipsets, they're actually all based off ARM technology. Um, and there is some software elements that maybe we'll talk about later. But, you know, how do you make that stand out? Because at the end of the day, what Qualcomm want to do is sell more of their chipsets, exactly. not anyone else's. And I think the only way you do that is by creating some awareness around a brand. And well, they have also been very uh, cleverly heavily investing in their SDK, their Snapdragon SDK, so a software development kit for developers. Really, I think, game developers, but there are massive other you know, other uh, possibilities. Um, so they'd be, they were demonstrating some absolutely mind-blowing capabilities off this Snapdragon um, processor set. For um, a lot, lot of what they were showing on stage at the keynote, it was console quality. I mean, seriously good quality. Um, and it wasn't, you know, the, the four processors in this particular um, demonstration weren't even breaking a sweat. It was very impressive. I, I'm a bit confused because I understand why you'd want an SDK out there for maybe why, why Google would want to put SDKs out there that supported gaming development because mm. they want to sell more Android phones generally. But why as a software developer would I use an SDK that limited me to one processor family? I mean... Surely, it, it, surely, I either develop for if I'm developing for, for a specific, Android or well, no. But if let's say let's say I'm developing games and the games need to be really performant and you know because they're dead, dead clever graphical mm-hmm. games. Well, then I develop for the uh, the I develop for the most popular chipset so I can target the most people and I scale my my graphics to that. Why would I? Why would I? Why would I just write games for for something that people don't even know if it's inside their phones at the moment? You're right. I asked that that question, or a series of questions related to that, and I've actually got a video um, about that. Are we, are we plugging our own posts now? Yeah, you can come to mobileindustryreview.com forward slash something or other, and well, it, it's it's not up yet, but I'm producing the videos at the minute. Where you know, thanks, Rafe. Rafe is actually going to the website right now. I'm sorry, it's not currently up yet, but it will be somewhere <laughs> in Mobile Industry Towers. These uh, the the monkey is having to turn the handle to pump out one more page, isn't it? <laughs> It's a video man, right? They're editing the videos. The monkeys are editing the videos. Uh, it's me that's doing the editing, maybe mom chill. Now, when we get the, the video up, you'll actually you'll, you'll get a response to that. I, I don't want to um, murder it by by giving you a, um, a poor response, right. Smith. Basically, I, what I think from memory, they were, they were saying, look, the, the SDK degrades nicely, so it doesn't, you know, if you're programming in, um, and, and using that to develop your game or your app, your service, it will... Your, your app service will still work on any other Android platform. They, they are playing nicely. It just means that you can unlock the rather significant benefits of all the, the, the GPU, the graphics uh, processing unit, to do some rather cool stuff like facial recognition, um, determining whether your eyes are open, where your, where your um, pupils are pointing, those kind of things. You can actually, instead of using the CPU uh, and, and doing the programming, the processing in the software, you can actually do it in the hardware and you get an, um, well, some significant benefits by doing that. Yeah, I think it's really about optimization of software. And I'm with Ben, I'm a little skeptical about this in mobile at the moment. 
But I do look at the PC model and, you know, you see something like the MMX extensions going back a decade. That probably dates me a little bit. I had um, a 486DX. Exactly. And that kind of thing SX. was introduced for the kind of the top end applications. And even now in uh, video processing or CAD design, that kind of thing, you do see applications that will take advantage of specific chipsets. I, I remember games that only worked on my BBC Micro because I had a sideways ROM board on it. Well, that was before my time, so I, I couldn't I, possibly so comment on that. I had an Amstrad, and it was a 486SX, right, which I don't know what that meant, but DX meant you had a math core processor, and some stuff you know, worked better or actually demonstrably worked better on with a DX. Right, but, so, but aside from... I, I take the, the analogy with the computer world, though, but aren't we kind of... Aren't we past that now? I mean, it wasn't that more just that the te technology was developing. It was kind of so prohibitive you had to chop things off to make well, it are we, are we still doing that, right? Because I want my handset to last a little while. I want to know that I can speak to you and I want to know that the, the stuff inside is, is good quality, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I mean, part of me wants to say, yes, we're past that. But actually, mobile is a, a new paradigm in the sense that there are resource constraints on mobile that don't exist on the PC, and they are primarily around power. There is something in processing that's beginning to go away now. And so that kind of optimization that Ewan was talking about by basically offloading out of the, the, the software processing into hardware acceleration, that's always going to be more efficient from a power point of view. And so it's about creating the best possible user experience. And at the end of the day, we all know that if something works better on one device than another, we're probably more likely to buy that device. How big those benefits are going to be from you know, something like a Snapdragon SDK may be open to debate, but you can see why Snapdragon or Qualcomm might go after that. Because after all, if it does pay off, suddenly you get to a position where every manufacturer wants to use the Snapdragon because that creates a demonstrably better user experience. Well, and because you shift more units. Well, you sell more, you make more money. Yeah, so Simple. I'm just thinking, Ewan, you go into uh, your favourite national you know, uh, mobile phone shop and uh, you are looking for a new two-year contract handset and you want to buy a nice premium device. Mm -hmm. um, free, probably. It's free or whatever, but you know, so you are you are average consumer who yep. wants a high end phone in the UK and or North America or somewhere, and you walk in and you see in today's model range, you see the iPhone 4S, you see the Galaxy S3, you see the HTC One X. Come on, name me some other high end. Uh, oh, well, you forgot the Windows phones, Lumia 900. You see, you see the, the the Lumia 900. Uh, that's right, Rafe's scowling at me. I didn't. It wasn't, it wasn't deliberate. I just, yeah. I, I, BlackBerry uh, 9900. Yeah, no, high end. Yeah, and, oh, it is and, quite and old now. Likely it's a year old now. Likely to have a lifespan beyond. We'll get to end. that. Sony Sony Xperia. So where I'm driving at those, you look at those, and if you want an Android handset, let's say, so you've, you kind of whittle it down because you like Android or you know Android, so that kind of segments the market first time around for you. Would you really choose between the strong brands that are HTC, Samsung, and Sony if one of them had a Snapdragon sticker on it? I just think... I just think... I, I think, yes, right, the Samsung... No, I think, the, I think, the answer at the moment. Yeah, I think the Samsung brand, for example, would trump any secondary branding at all if, you know, if you... Or, oh, okay, see, but I think it might either enforce you to help, help consolidate your decision-making or it, I just, it does feel good. Snapdragon uh, sounds better than just it's just got a processor in it. I think there are so many factors that go into the purchase decision. Um, at the moment, it's not there at all on the processor side. I, I really can't see anyone deciding to buy a phone 
unless it was about the number of cores in it and there's a kind of a bragging rights thing there but i think that will go away and there's a possibility that that could be replaced by i want to buy you know the quality you want i mean again i'd compare it to the pc market where it was intel versus amd and there are a lot of people that bought intel because it was perceived to be the kind of the higher and the more professional choice and amd was kind of the the cheap nasty option whereas if you ever looked at the benchmarks there was often very little to choose between them and amd represented better value for money so i can see a point where it at least becomes a contributory factor to that purchase decision and for qualcomm you know it's kind of an investment that is, a, you know, it's a long bet. But what else are you going to do? And even if it doesn't necessarily have a direct impact on consumers, does it start having an impact on manufacturers mm. or the, you know, the choice that they're making long term? They're sort of going, Qualcomm's, you know, committed here. They're doing all the right things. Actually, this is a better choice than, say, St. Ericsson or whoever it happens it may to be. Help with the operators as well, who have to say, yes, I do want you know, a high-end phone and we're expecting to have a proper chipset. Actually, operators are always looking for differentiations to put on their three bullet points on the shelf. Mm. And so if you've got Qualcomm basically spending a whole load of money to do this differentiation, it's something that the operators don't have to then spend so much money on. You see, because I'm I'm sceptical about Qualcomm. Actually, I know I'm not sceptical about the Qualcomm's marketing and we can we can come back to that in a minute because I think it plays to more than the mobile phone market. I think if Qualcomm becomes a, a good brand because because they build technology for all kinds of stuff, mm. and you'll start to see that as a kind of a a, a good thing about you know the camera. We've got a lot going on in health as well. Health, yeah, health I mean, yeah. consumer electronics. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was chatting yeah. to a guy from Qualcomm. Appliances in in general. They're even they're even working on infrastructure for charging electric vehicles and these kinds of yeah. things. And I could well understand like in in new, in new markets. If I go out and buy, if I've got an electric car or something, I'm looking for accessories or infrastructure for it, I could well go and buy brands I trust because I know the Qualcomm name. I get that part. But specifically on mobile, I am a bit dubious right here, right now. I agree with Wraith. I don't think it makes any difference. It's a long bet. But also, I think a lot of people cite, well, when we've discussed this before, people cite Intel inside for this, for Mm. example, this new Intel-powered uh, Android device, and they said, "Well, that's the same." I said, "No, no, it's not, because Intel's new to this market, and they're yeah. banking their credibility from the PC market." You see, that Intel already has a huge brand recognition. You know that 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 three chimes that play the audio signature. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, the, the blue the blue fillers. Exactly. You know, it's really well recognised. You could play that sound to a load of people. I reckon even normal consumers probably would pick up on it because they've heard it so often on the so. That gets Intel into the mobile market. It's completely different to to Qualcomm, who are kind of there and big already. And 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 I I kind of half expect Intel's brand to fade away once they've got enough of a relationship with some manufacturers. Yeah, I think that's right because we're talking about the orange phone. I think it's the Cairo uh, San Diego. Uh, I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, it's one I thought of it. One uh, of those. Uh, these episodes never under researched, are they at all? Yeah. <laughs> not, not at all. But it's a, it's an orange phone. It's available, I think, one hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, there's the orange, um, something like that. On, on pairs, you go. It's selling another mark. It, it, it could be selling another mark. Yes, I only saw San because uh, of the, the light um, uh, blocked out the the next bit. So it's, it's selling San Diego or is that <laughs> some American city beginning with San? It's selling another market, though, isn't it? As yes, well, it so is. this is a global push. That just orange happens to be the one that I've picked up in the UK. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it's interesting because, as you say, it is essentially um, orange are gone. What can we use to sell this device? And otherwise, it would just be another kind of orange-branded Android device, which, in all fairness, they've been pretty successful with um, over the last sort of 18 months. Based on price, though, yeah. But that's been entirely driven by price. And so people are going, oh, 
into it. It's like, oh, I'll take a look at this phone because of that. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. It's kind of leveraging the existing brand to get into mobile. Actually, I don't think Intel's going to go very far yet because if you look at their kind of technology, it doesn't really match up to the underlying ARM technology. Right, so I've got an image here, which is on Mobile Analyst Review, by the way, .com. I'm going to start charging you for these plugs. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There's, uh, I took an image off the, uh, the orange store and I walked by and took a photo and it says, uh, get the new San Diego for 199 when you top up probably a tenner. That's, I can't see that because of the light. Um, we'll give you a year's free internet. And uh, I'm underneath that, it shows you the phone and then it says, our first smartphone with Intel inside. You see, because in the advert, they're really playing on the fact that Intel makes this a very fast handset. But I think that's really interesting because they're, they're associating... They're taking the, the well-trusted Intel inside brand mm. and they're associating it with the characteristic that someone can't at all experience or understand until they've bought the handset. Yes. And, I, and as Rafe says, I'm dubious as to whether it really is faster than all of these guys who've been making amazing quad-core you yeah. know, processors for, yeah. for eons. Because, uh, I mean, for those that don't realise it, Intel has a long history of trying to get into the mobile market kind of for obvious reasons because it's billions of devices rather than the hundreds of millions that we're talking about on the desktop and they haven't really been terribly successful. I mean, they actually had the partnership uh, with uh, with Mego, with um, Nokia, and well, we kind of all know where that went, and they're now trying again, but they've actually had several efforts before that. They bought various companies in, a, in an attempt to get in, mm. and this is the first one that I can recall that has come to the mass market in a meaningful way. Uh, so good for them, but <laughs> a long way to go. Okay, so let me test a theory then with you before we close, because... Qualcomm's throwing loads of money at, at this marketing. They've clearly decided, Qual, you know, the Snapdragon brand is something they want to put out there for people. Um, Intel have taken their their cred from the desktop market and are cashing it in on mobile mm. because, you know, if if Intel inside turns out to be rubbish, they could they could damage their their Intel inside brand. I'd say by being associated with something, you know, subpar. Mm. Um, so, so my theory though is that this really won't matter. That I think that Apple have got this right. And I, you know, I'm not a fan of Apple in every respect, but Apple have got this right. You buy the whole package. You know, when you buy a handset now, you don't worry what's inside. You don't really worry about the specs so much. There are some things like the screen and the camera and things which still have numbers associated with them. But I think that that's a legacy thing. And that sooner or later, we're just going to say it's a retina display. It's a HD camera. It's the new it's, iPad. Well, I don't even mean that branding. Don't I mean even bother telling you. Buying computers when I was when I was you know sort of going to university and back in the days when we talk about you know four eight sixes and Pentiums and this kind of stuff, you would buy a computer. Yeah. You would buy you would buy a computer with a massive kind of point by point number comparison of all of these different brands, and you would try and find the the one that scored the most in all of these categories, and you'd be you know it would be a real spec nerd thing. But actually, real people would just go to Dell and would just buy the one that was cheapest or most appealing. And I think that that's where the mobile will go, which is that the specs and the performance of these, especially these high-end devices are flowing down, are becoming now, first of all, they're so bundled up that you don't have that segmented choice like you did in the computer market where every device had, you could buy five different graphics cards for your PC and you could completely break it down. But also, you know, people, people can understand retina, Oh, retina is really clear and nice, but they don't understand, you know. They can also I mean, I understand exercises. Snapdragon. Well, they, they they can, but the point is that Snapdragon is only, faster and better. No, but Snapdragon is only one of the 
characteristics, if you say yes, as in, as is retina. See, I, I think uh, no, but, has... but hang on a second. But I, I'm saying that that we've gone from numbers to retina, yeah. and sooner or later, that even the retina description will go away as no, you just right, buy an iPhone. So, the, but for for companies such as Qualcomm or Intel and so on, they can't wait until sooner or later, right? They've got the. So I agree. I think at some point it won't be irrelevant. But meanwhile, so, so I'm right, but just not yet. Well, I actually right. think I, I honestly think well, at so that you're point wrong, in mobile, very point, very right. few people buy on the specs. However, those that do buy on specs and make these comparisons are quite influential in that they're a voluble voice and that a lot of the tech yeah. media is driven that way. I don't see that changing. And I think, unfortunately, Ben's been brainwashed slightly by Apple with this retina display thing. Kool-Aid. That, it, it's, you know, it's totally irrelevant. You know what has a bigger impact than a retina display? It's how close you hold it to your eye because that has a direct, <laughs> you know, impact. <laughs> uh, and so the, this retina display thing, that's happened because <laughs> Apple have told you that's what you want, and that can apply to almost anything. Apple have bought that as a bit of marketing, and it's what Qualcomm are, are trying to do with Snapdragon, and I think they're just as likely to succeed. Painfully correct, isn't he? He, he is, but I think you've, you, I think you've almost made my point for me, yes, though, I have. Which, which, is, which is that um, we, it, before the word retina was used, we would have argued about pixel density and number of pixels, and we would be sitting here and saying, oh, is it, is it 279 dpi? In that precise voice. In that precise voice, the voice that all, you know, all, all people... Take episode, uh, series one for those yeah, voices. For, for, for all, all people who uh, you know, sort of go into forums to argue about how many pixels there should all be right. put in, or whatever. We've just said goodbye to half our audience. No, I it's it's fun to be interested They're in all it. Smart people. It's it's fun to be interested in it sometimes. But I think the point is that you have to see it on you have to see it on balance. And so uh, you know, for for people who aren't people who aren't enthusiasts who just want to buy something that's good, Apple the word Retina was a good way to make it understandable. It's kind of a binary thing, mm. you know. And, and 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 let's face it, only Apple products use the word Retina, but loads of products have come out with high definition or high density displays. Yeah. So it's no longer unique. But the point is now. That in in doing that, and, and Apple's not the people who did it best, but it's just a clear example we can cite. Apple moved the description from a number to a technique, to a brand, well, well to a brand, but also to a technique. Yeah. So now I'll go out, and if I'm going to buy technique, a, yeah. So if I'm gonna, if I'm going to if I'm going to go out and buy a new um, device, I want something that has high pixel density. I want I want something that provides pixels so small I can't see. You know the the, the because the they've told you that's what you want. Blandford's going nuts in the corner. No, I, I want to. Pixels that you can't see, they're not going to be very good, are they? <laughs> <laughs> Individually, I can't identify them. Anyway, look, you, you really are ruining my very serious point here. But you know what I mean? We, we've, gone from, we've gone from me saying I want um, over 150 pixels per inch or something yeah. down to a generic description a generic description of saying, I want it to be high density. I'm going to move it closer. Yeah, go on. Yeah. And, and sooner or later, I'm just going to say, actually, all... Samsung phones and Apple phones and Lumia phones. You know, Lumia phones work great in the sun. Apple phones always have high density. Samsung is very rich colors. They may not. That may not even be correct. But we'll just get down to these kind of broad oh. associations of brand and characteristic, and you'll go and buy. You know, the one that matters to you most because we're headed in that direction. Yeah, that that perception based marketing is the way that it's going undoubtedly. And it, by the same token, it's what Nokia is trying to do with imaging. With their pure view, they you know they're trying to market themselves as the ones who produce the best camera phones, except for all of the current Lumia range, which is mostly a bag of spanners. Uh, but that illustrates the point perfectly. People still associate Nokia with being high-end camera phones, True. and it's partly because their legacy now also the the pure view eight hundred eight, which is just coming out. Um, and, you know, 
the one thing I would say is there is a, a question, how does this then apply to the mid-tier and the low-tier market? Because that's when you do tend to cut down on the technical specifications. Of course, both people buying those units are less interested even than the people at the high end in the kind of the spec comparison. Mm. But there does become a, you know, you erode your own brand at the top end. And you know, this is something that doesn't worry Apple because they're just high end, but will it in the future? But it's, a, it's an interesting debate for the rest of the market, mm. um, which is why I think there will always be a certain amount of undercurrent of specifications because it's the, it's the, kind of, it's the quantitative rather than the qualitative one to draw a comparison between two handsets. And I think consumers are probably more savvy than a lot of people give them credit for. Okay, I, I, do, I do see, your, I do see your, your point there. But then how, how about, how about the, when you were talking, the other concern struck me is that if you think about how the high-end consumer now buys, the, the discerning consumer now, you buy quad-core because you perceive that's faster. You know, you count the number of cores, you count the number of pixel, megapixels, you count the number of gigabytes, you know, how many gigamegs, how many milliamp yeah. hours battery, and how many cores does it have. And using the Snapdragon term obscures the metric that actually allows people to say, well, Snapdragon is better than Tegra because that one has 19 thingamajigs and that one has 24 yeah. thingamajigs. I mean, you, you will have Snapdragon as an overreaching brand. I still expect there to be stuff Snapdragon about cores. But although I said consumers are more savvy, it doesn't mean they're always right. I mean, on the question of cores, for example, is you're mad to buy a quad-core processor at the moment. Yep. You're far better off buying a dual-core because and the battery life is that, better. The bit of our audience that I hadn't upset is finally I've now upset the other half. headphones off. But this perception <laughs> versus reality thing, you know, it's already there on direct spec comparisons. It's kind of muddied even more by this kind of generic thing. Where I do think you're right, and to bring it full circle, it is about the experience. And actually, it's why the iPhone did well. It wasn't about any particular specification it was just a more pleasant device to use. And I think that's what will become more and more to the forefront. You know, brands and devices will be associated with being a good experience. You know, they'll have a, whether it's a particular app or a built-in platform thing, you know, people will go, I enjoy using this device and I'm going to buy the next one because it enabled me to live my life more easily. And that's what it comes down to. Do you think that there will ever get to a point where a large manufacturer could be a Nokia or a Samsung or someone has a, a variety of phones and some of them have Snapdragon or, or an Intel inside or some other kind of branded chipset um, and others don't. And the, kind of the addition of that branded chipset makes them more premium in the range. Like, for example, I was thinking with, uh, with Nokia. Nokia had good cameras kind of, not universally, but they, their cameras were generally strong across the range, even for the lower spec cameras. But then on their premium ones, you got Carl Zeiss lenses. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you added you added a, a third party association to make it super premium. I I don't think so because of the way phones are put together. What I would expect there to be different levels of Snapdragon. And so once yeah. you've established a Snapdragon brand, I would expect there to be snapdragon plus or snapdragon oh. super gold or, or whatever um to you know address that exact thing and actually be as much about low mid high tier um i think it's very unlikely because of the way that you know that whole system on a chip sits into the manufacturer of a phone that you'll ever see the kind of um comparison or you know market situation that you're talking about there yeah i i i still i'm still not sure i'm sold I, I think I, I will see. I, I will probably buy phones with Snapdragon inside in the future. What's your preference, Snapdragon or Tegra? 
they're just words. They mean nothing to me yet. Would you rather have a phone powered by a Snapdragon S4, uh, which is the latest one, or the Tegra something or other? But this is the point: is that they they don't mean they don't mean anything to me. I don't know. Yeah, but we'll, we'll make a make a decision. I don't know which is best. Well, make a decision. Don't care. Well, you buy the S4 because it's more battery efficient, right? But but the the thing the thing that is interested me though is that I know this I know the Snapdragon name from the advertising. Yeah. I mean, I kind of am vaguely aware of the Tegra name, but I couldn't tell you much about the brand or. Well, what that's, it's that's my with. point. In the which one would you choose? But and then think, your answer is Snapdragon. No, it isn't though because. The fact that I know the word Snapdragon yeah. because it's been plastered all over the place, I still don't. I still don't really have an affinity with it and understand what it's what it's best. Right, at. but if you've got to admit, if the only well, thing you can choose between is Snapdragon and Tegra, blah blah blah. Here's a, an interesting example of this choice, and actually, it kind of um, negates what I was just saying to, to Ben about they're not happening. Bring but I'll use the example anyway. HTC's One X. Yeah. It's a Snapdragon processor in the US version, but I think it's a, a Tegra chipset in the uh, global or the euro version and actually people prefer the us version or you know kind of power users do because actually it's more battery efficient so there's actually an example where consumers are voting and you know actually there's nothing they can do about it because it's only available in the respective markets Mm. but i do wonder whether that then has a knock-on and will those people who are kind of had the bad experience look for snapdragon the next time around actually i'm with ben i i just don't think it's important enough as a factor in the purchase process, it's one factor, but you know, ultimately, it, for most people, it's going to come down to what colour it is. I think it's going to go a long way. Uh, Qualcomm are going to make a lot of advertising people quite rich by buying, you know, full-page adverts in newspapers or TV adverts or whatever. But I, I, again, I don't see it as, as being compelling. And I think the, the thing is with with Rafe is, as you were saying there, um, people prefer the US version over the European version. They're not saying. I don't. I don't. When I talk to them about it, they're not saying I want the Snapdragon. They're just saying, "Oh, that HTC is better than this HTC." Exactly. And and so you know, it's going to be a long time before the difference is, is occur, occurs to them to be a Snapdragon thing. Not least because you could say, "Oh, that one's got this type of battery technology in it versus that type of battery oh, technology yeah. in it." And as soon as you, st- I mean, whilst everything has very similar batteries in it at the moment, as soon as some of the companies innovating around battery technology, for instance, yeah. launch. Battery technology is a differentiator. Well, the, or so many factors are coming into play. How can you tell whether Snapdragon means anything? And again, yeah. it's just a pure branding war. And it's all based on that common ARM core, so there's never going to be a big difference. The only time these things have a real impact is when there's a big discernible difference to the consumer. And I just don't see that happening in processors. So apart from Ewan, who's got his I Heart Snapdragon T-shirt on, even as well. Hold on a minute. I really like that video about the battery, the, the, the butter. Have you seen that video? So he's oh, no, been we, bought by cheap marketing tactics. We, we didn't, we're very quickly, we're, we're running well, out of time. I did just sit through a heck of a lot of briefings on the Snapdragon capabilities. And I have to say, I was disappointed I didn't take the, or any, Snapdragon device with me. I so feel so you weird. were successfully brainwashed into thinking you should have bought a, uh, a Snapdragon device. Tell, yes. tell us about this butter yes. video and then we're going to end this season three. Okay, so what Qualcomm did... We're going to end on a warm dairy product. Uh, well, that's um, that's the the whole but point. Actually, they... in his mouth. <laughs> right. Okay. Come I'm going okay. to focus. Go so, uh, what Qualcomm did is they took three three devices, one featuring a Snapdragon Dragon chipset, uh, the other three competing devices, um, and they they put them uh, down on the table. They put some cling film over them. Oh, before they did that, they they ran a piece of software that 
it forces the the, the handset to run at one hundred percent CPU cycles. Right. Um, they put some cling film over each of the devices and put a knob of butter on each. American butter. Amer- what does that matter? It's the density of it. Oh right. Okay. They put some American butter on. Do you know the brand? I think right, it they was put Clover. Some, oh my god. Right. Um, they put some American butter on a knob of butter on each phone and just waited to see what happened. And they did some infrared imaging to show, obviously, that the Qualcomm Snapdragon phone was fantastic compared to the other two. And it actually got rather worrying. You could see the uh, one of the one of the competing handsets. This, sitting, is, this is a test of heat. Incredibly hot, okay. very quickly. So the butter was actually you know, melting completely off one of the phones, then off one of the other ones. Qualcomm one still got hot, but you know. But the important conclusion was the the Snapdragon, the Qualcomm chipset, was cooler yeah. than everything else. Exactly. If you want to make potted shrimps, you choose a non-Qualcomm chipset. This is true. Yeah, actually, what they were doing was highlighting just how rubbish their devices for cooking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So don't fry an egg on a Qualcomm yeah. chipset. Okay, I'd be interesting to see if that that kind of message goes further than just the, the nerds. Well, I think so. they just have to go to the nerds, right? And then you and I, when someone's asking, what one do I get? Like, oh, yeah, the Snapdragon one's good. Yeah, because it melts butter more slowly. But yeah. again, I think there's so many characteristics about mobile. No one has ever said to me, Ben, Ben, what's the best phone I should get? You know, I really just want one right. that does, stays cool. I mean, don't cool talk, don't, don't talk to me get about hot. Well, that actually, I don't want it to get hot. Yeah. Because the moment the phone gets hot, you know, everything's screwing up. You know, the, the battery and everything is being... Well, it's not just that. It's uncomfortable when you put it back in your pocket. Yeah. Although my phone tends to be fairly warm when it comes out of the pocket anyway, so maybe this is you're a hot guy. I am steaming buttocks. Anyway, on that on that note, we're going to end <laughs> series series three. Thank you very much for listening. If you have been, if you haven't, then please do go back and uh, check out uh, the rest of the. Uh, yeah, rest if of the series. you haven't been, le- if you listening. haven't been listening to the series, oh right, if you're, okay. if you're only if, recently joined, although to be honest, on the, this performance, don't bother. Go, there are other, there are other podcasts available. I thoroughly recommend them. But a two day marathon now available. <laughs> yes. two-day marathon please uh do go back and listen to the rest of the season we're going to talk series about the, the gift set as well the gift box that's it there's a, a range a range of you and mcleod endorsed merchandise coming onto the market soon so <laughs> as with uh, has your, a 361 gift uh box has thing. you and mcleod inside Ooh, what a horrible thought anyways right. uh as ever we'd be interested idea. in your your views wherever you hear this um uh, would you be? Would you buy Intelligence? Would you buy a device because it had Intel inside? Would you buy a device because it came had a Snapdragon? Really interested because I think this is one of those that if it gets popular attention, then it really could take off. So I'd be interested to see if people find it as compelling as you and does, or if they're as cynical as I am and, and Rafe is. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We always appreciate your comments and kind words, of which there have been many over this series. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks, probably just in time to catch all the news at the uh, middle or back end of the summer. Uh, so listen now. We will be very visibly tweeting and blogging it on our respective sites, Wireless Worker. All about Symbian and all about Windows Phone. <laughs> and Mobile Industry Review. Uh, we will be back soon. Thank you very much for listening.